0: I'm Jeremy Pound, I'm the author of The Bootstrapper's Guide to SEO, and you're listening to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business. Act Local, Marketing for Small Business, business.
1: Episode Episode 123. And there's no stopping us right now, I feel so close to you right
0: now. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio.
2: Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business. This is episode 123, and I'm the Boomer Gal, Kaylin Amadio. Here on Act Local Marketing every week, I like to share a strategy with you called Today's Takeaway, where you get at least one action item that you can walk away with now, today, to implement and grow your business. I also invite a special guest expert to help you with some aspect of your business's growth, and today's guest happens to be a business growth expert. How how you like them apples? He's here to share some strategies for breaking through the obstacles, smashing the plateau, if you will, that small businesses find themselves against time and time again. What is the core of a successful business? You know, if you search online for a phrase like keys to small business success, you get no shortage of results, which actually tells me that running a successful business is not easy. If it were easy... Everyone would be doing it, and no one would be looking for advice. Many of the articles I found had useful lists of the things we frequently speak about here on Act Local Marketing, things like customer service, sales and marketing. Then there were the more analytical approaches of measurement and metrics. There were the practical authors who wrote of having a focus and a plan to implement And of course there were several articles about the soft skills of human interaction and networking. All of these topics are keys to small business success. You know that. So how do you master them all? Is it even possible to do a good job in all of these aspects of the small business hierarchy that means success? So let's get to today's takeaway, shall we? I promised you an action item that you could take with you now that'll help you grow your business. So here it is. The one key that struck me most out of all the articles I looked at was the one shared by Kathleen Long. She was a contributor, or is a contributor, I should say, to Huffington Post. And she wrote an article titled Seven Keys to Small Business Success. The first six keys were taken from the pool that I shared with you a moment ago. It's the seventh and final key that really gave me pause. The seventh key was evolve or die. Long stated in her article, and I quote, anytime I hear a business owner say that they've been doing business this way or that way for 20 plus years, and they don't need any input or they don't need to change, an alarm bell goes off silently inside my head. And I think she's absolutely right. The best way to affect change is to admit that you have a problem. If your small business has hit a plateau, it might be time to admit things have changed. Frankly, I'd be quite stunned if your industry has not changed over the last 20 to 30 years. Technology Changes have caused shifts in everything, including your business. The best advice I can give you in today's takeaway is to have an open mind. If your business growth is a goal, maybe it's time to start at the beginning and evaluate everything, every system, every structure, every brand, every product, every marketing campaign, everything. If that task seems overwhelming, then get help from a consultant who does exactly that. A fresh perspective can't hurt. And I'll probably identify the obstacles that are creating problems, obstacles that you might not even be aware of. Please feel free to drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I'll point you in the right direction for finding a consultant that can help you evaluate where your business is right now and how to get to the next level that you want to take it to. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Go find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google+. You can always find me with my name, Kalyn Amadio, K-A-L-Y-N-N-A-M-A-D-I-O. And please tell your social media followers about Act Local Marketing. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review on iTunes. Those reviews are very important and helpful to me in growing my business and my podcast. So for now, it's time to take a short break, but when we get back, my guest, David Shriner Khan, is here and he's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned.
1: local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas,
0: more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kalen returns after a short
1: break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be
0: right back.
2: Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together the Boomers Ultimate Guide Podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.com. So close
0: to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaelin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome
2: I'm Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to ACT Local Marketing for Small Business. And always, as promised, I have a special guest for you today. So I want to introduce you to my friend David Schreiner Kahn. He is the president of Tend Strategic Partners, and he also is the host of his own business podcast called Smashing the Plateau. And every week it features. Leaders who are willing to help other leaders break through those barriers to business growth. He works with existing CEOs of successful companies who keep hitting roadblocks, and you know what that's like. David's created the TEND system to reduce stress, decrease costly mistakes, and identify, find, integrate, and really manage the resources companies need to smash the plateau and drive success. He has many years' experience, and I'm not going to tell you how many. Maybe he'll share that with you. But in all of that C-suite, CEO, COO, CFO, and project management, he's a Fulbright Scholar, and he's also a graduate of the Columbia University School of Business. Need I say more? Your credentials are outstanding. David, welcome to ACT Local Marketing.
1: Well, Kalen, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me on.
2: Sure. David and I met. I'm not even sure anymore how we met, but we ended up uh, getting together in the city. We both live outside of New York City, and we attended uh, some event, some you know business event down there so that we could actually meet and do one of those coffee dates. And I've been on his podcast. Now it's about time I finally got him over here to, to act local. So I'm glad you could make time, David.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure.
2: It's it's always fun getting to uh, getting to know people.
1: Yeah, and I love what you're doing, Kaylin.
2: Oh, thank you, and and you know I got to pat you on the back too. And for those of you listening, not that David and I are in a mutual admiration society, but I've got to tell you, he produces a really great podcast. And what I'm particularly enamored of, and wish that I did more like him, is the follow up that he does after the podcast. And when you're on his mailing list, he sends out great emails. Telling you about, you know, the various tools that that week's guests mentioned on the podcast so you can go check them out. You're just, you're just really organized with the whole thing, and I really admire that.
1: Well, I have to admit, it's a team effort, and we're going to talk more about that during this episode.
2: Okay, perfect. So let me ask you a few questions so that we can help some business owners who, who listen to Act Local smash through their plateaus. If, uh, if you've been in business for a while— And you know that there's a market for what you sell, which is a a different experience altogether. Sometimes people start up businesses because they think they have a great idea, but they don't know whether there's a market. But let's say you're in business. You know there's clearly a market for what you sell, but you seem to have hit some sort of plateau. Things are not growing the way they used to. You can't quite figure out exactly what the problem is. So what... How how would you counsel these people? What are some of the steps that we need to follow? Or what do we need to look at to get through these roadblocks?
1: Sure. Um, let me actually start off by by telling um, an example or two of the kinds of roadblocks that companies that have been in a business for a while tend to experience. Sure. Um, so, so as an example, we worked a while ago with a construction client that had been in business for... I don't know, somewhere between five and 10 years. They were doing very well, growing quickly, um, and their business was primarily transactional. Um, so they would they would get jobs, and the jobs were a sizable amount of money. They needed people to deliver the results, and they didn't really have the recurring revenue to support payroll. So even though there was a lot of cash coming in for these projects, mm-hmm. um, it, there, there was no... Um, really good sense that the amount of cash that was coming in would keep coming in over a long period of time which is kind of what you need in order to feel comfortable hiring people right right and, and making sure that you can pay them right you need uh, some sort
2: of projections about what the future holds
1: exactly exactly and and in addition to that when they hired people they had some difficulty with some of the key people they hired um then on top of that, there was some difficulty between the partners. Mm-hmm. And so their their infrastructure wasn't really steady enough to support the expanded business. So even though they were growing, cash was coming in, um, these internal issues kept popping up and they popped up in a really big way. Um, there was one point when it looked like they were not going to be able to meet payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, we, we had to resolve a partnership issue first before we could deal with anything else. Once the partnership issue got resolved, things started to snowball and had had a huge impact on the rest of the the, the team and how the company operated. And within six weeks they had $3 million in new business. Oh my
2: goodness. Right. Snowball in a good way.
1: Yeah, no snowball yeah. in a good way. But, yeah. but I can tell you that the partners resolving the partnership issue was not simple. It was mm-hmm. really complicated. Um, You know, and that that's, you know, issues between partners is is a really common issue. Um, Do do
2: Do you find that it's issue between partners when there's two partners or, you know, when there's two personalities there going head to head? Or is it family businesses? Or once you start to get some more partners, if you have three or four or five, is it easier? Do they rule by committee a little bit more as opposed to the personalities going head to head?
1: All of the above. Oh, okay. es- essentially, what what you're what you're dealing with is the decision making process is a complicated process, mm-hmm. right? And if you have multiple people who all need to be on board with the decision, then you need to create consensus, which means that um, a decision will be reached that probably not everybody who is part of the decision making team will agree with. But they will all support the decision one hundred percent.
2: Right. Once they've bought in, sounds a lot like our government.
1: Right? Uh, actually, <laughs> um, governments and, and and in particular nonprofit boards operate best when they have consensus decision making. Right, right. Right. And it takes people don't understand why it takes so long for for governments and for nonprofits to make decisions. It's because they're trying to reach consensus where they. It, especially if it's a complicated decision, it may not be so easy to get everybody to buy in and support it. But unless everybody supports it, you, you have what we now see in our, our federal government where every time one side makes a decision, the other side blocks it. Right. And you can never move forward.
2: Right. And right? if that's happening in your company, that's deadly.
1: You're right. It, it can totally – kill your business. Right. I mean I mean it will it will put you out of business unless you resolve those decision making processes. So that so you know so that's 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 one common scenario. Another okay. another good example is um, we we were working with a nonprofit client and a nonprofit is still a business. Um, just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean that you can't make a profit. It just means you don't pay taxes and you have a, a level of accountability to the public that private companies don't have. Okay. Uh, but but they were around for about I don't know seven eight years, um, and they had they had a nice funding stream. They were doing great work. The funding environment changed, and they lost most of their revenue, and uh, particularly in the nonprofit environment, it takes a long time to build up engagement and support because you're you're asking people to support based on essentially voluntary decisions. And it can take three to five years to develop sizable, steady recurring revenue from new sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took them quite a while to recover and to, to try to build the engagement and build the systems because they didn't really have the systems in place to go out and seek new funds. Okay. Right. So, Again, that was sort of a system issue, a people issue. These are are really common kinds of problems, and what uh, they're basic elements that every business needs in order to be successful. And you really need to step back and and take a look at them and make sure that they're in order. And you don't have to, in my opinion, especially in today's world where everything is changing so quickly, mm-hmm. you don't have to spend a huge amount of time or money. Going through a planning process, but you do need to take time away from the day to day so you can focus on the on the bigger, bigger issues. Um, but essentially, what you need to do is start with the big picture. Make sure you understand what is your big vision. What are you trying to achieve, especially long term? And think as big as you can, mm-hmm. right? Um, there, there, there's um, there's an effort underway to um, to try to think exponentially in business um, and think like. If, if you were to do something that would impact one billion people right right how would you describe that what would that impact be
2: and and that's a a billion people that's a, a billion lot billion people, people right yeah right yeah. so
1: and, and and there are companies that we know that have that have come about um you know you and I are the same generation roughly right we we, we have companies that have come about within the last generation that are impacting a billion people or more I mean you look at apple computer mm-hmm. right when was Apple founded? Right, it, right. It's not that long ago, and it's one of the the world's biggest, most successful companies.
2: Although, do you do you think? I don't know that we have any way to know this, but in the beginning, is that what Steve Jobs was thinking? I want to impact a billion people.
1: I don't know, and we can't ask him.
2: Right, that's true. But,
1: um, but, but, but you it,
2: are, but you are talking about a a, a company. Being able to verbalize their movement, sometimes that's what we call it— their movement or their mission—and it's, you know, it's the big why, as Simon Sinek, you know, talks about in, in his book, defining why you're doing what you're doing, because then everything else will sort of spin around that and make sense if you can define why.
1: Yes, um, the why is really critical. I have a friend and colleague who works in a very successful financial services company. And they require every new hire to read start with why.
2: Ah, uh, very good. Right. Very and, good. F- yeah. and and
1: financial services, is a very high pressure environment. And and there's the, the traditional model is um just focus on selling. Just focus on selling. Mm-hmm. Right. And and in his company, they do the opposite. Forget about selling. Let's start with why. Start with why and start with why our clients need our help.
2: Mm-hmm. And fo- yeah, they're focusing on the people, right? The people first, and not the sale. You know, that's such a profound difference that's happened. I was talking to someone yesterday just about communication between the older generation and the, and the millennials, and the millennials that are going to be graduating and going out, and you know, they're trying to find jobs, and how there's this huge communication gap, you know, between the the two generations. But there really is such a huge fundamental shift in in the way successful businesses are running themselves and the way marketing has changed and its relationship to the individual in the end. It's, it's done a, a 180, you know, from the Mad Men days.
1: It has, but, but ultimately business is about people and it's about people making decisions and your customers are making decisions about why they're willing to pay you money to receive value from you in exchange
2: right for yeah for something that they want or need and business
1: has always been about that
2: yeah that's true that's true so we, we were you were defining some typical roadblocks for me so i'm hearing that one of them is um management and being able to create consensus amongst uh management the people who are leading the vision of the company and getting them all to buy in and that another roadblock sounded like it was Systems having the right systems in place for that vision to come to fruition.
1: Right. So you need you need systems in order to scale. Right.
2: Right. Right. So if
1: you if you think about a business, every business starts with an idea, and initially the idea is in one person's head. Often it gets shared with other people, and you start to have a small team working on it. But but essentially, every huge company starts with something very tiny.
2: Right, some right. small idea, yeah. That right, grows. some
1: small idea, and initially the idea is carried out, and and there are activities that support um, creating something that that one can sell um, based on that idea with with one person or with a very small team. So it's what a small number of people can can do themselves, and then at some point you 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 get to the point where there if there's a market for that offering, um, in order to be able to produce it, whether it's a product, a service, or an experience, whether to produce it on a larger scale, there needs to be something that you can replicate, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, you you need solid business processes and you Mm -hmm. need systems and you need a way to be able to train new people to use those processes and systems so that you're not spending a lot of time of people who know how to do it teaching new people how to do it.
2: Right. And when when you say systems, sometimes people think, you know, complicated you know outside of, of what they put their hands on sort of systems. But systems can be as simple as having, you know, some sort of operating procedure, like you just talked about for someone who's going to be doing what to them is a new job, but it's a job that's been performed already within this company. And there's a, there's you know, a procedure written down on a page. You know, it doesn't have to be super complicated so that that person knows exactly how we want it done. That's a system.
1: Right. So so an example of a really simple system is um, a lead for new business comes because somebody calls the company, right? right? So so somebody from the company needs to answer the phone. Well, how do we answer the phone? Right. Right. And how you answer the phone can make a difference in how the, the prospect responds either positively or negatively, mm-hmm. right? So if you know... What works when you answer the phone, you want to be able to have somebody who's new use the same system
2: right and and not just what works, but the way you want to brand yourself, how you want to be seen you know by the outside world and that first uh, contact over the phone from from that it could be a, a receptionist or anyone how how that interaction occurs says a lot about who you are as a company. People are going to make decisions. About exactly. You based on that first phone call, I remember working for an engineering firm, and they instituted a rule. You know, we all had phones, you know, in our rows, and um, the phone could not ring more than three times. Someone had to run to that row and pick up that phone because if it, God forbid, it rang more than three times, someone in management came out and said, "Why is that phone ringing?" That was part of our system.
1: Right, and um, I have a client that didn't have a system for answering the phone. Mm -hmm. It was if somebody had time, the phone got answered. And if not, there was voicemail. And then when they had time, they would respond. Well, what we discovered was that this particular business was very sensitive to quick response of inquiries in order to convert those inquiries into closed business. Right. Right. And once we instituted a system which involved a small investment hiring hiring a back office company to answer the phone they um, not only did the conversion rate change but sales changed significantly because all of a sudden all these leads that were, were were just dropping off the radar screen got followed up and, and we were closing business
2: right 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 and it was and
1: it was a really small tweak
2: right and a really simple thing to do and just the fact that uh, a human being is answering the phone doesn't mean that they necessarily have the answer to the question but they could they could tell that prospect over the phone i don't know but i'm going to go get that answer for you and get back to you in in 20 minutes exactly. you know that kind of response and then people know that you're being proactive and then they can chase it down uh, you know it's easy when we talk about it here but as a as a business grows as it goes from one person or two people and it begins to grow and that idea is getting larger and now you need to systematize things in order to expand uh, that growth, a lot of these little things fall through the cracks. I would imagine.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And so, so going back to um, where they get stuck and why they get stuck, right? And, and things that we need to look at. You know, starting with the big picture. Um, another thing that companies should look at is what's their exit strategy.
2: Oh, that's a good. That's a good one, right? Yeah.
1: Something that particularly small businesses don't think about. Exactly. Like, and what the way I like to describe it is if you're want to drive from here to California, unless you know where California is, you're never going to get there. Right. Right. So you need to know where you want to end up and then you plan backwards. So that's, so exit strategy is really important. Um, and then there's some, you know, some basic things, particularly around the area, the area that, um, you know, where, where you specialize, which is around marketing, mm-hmm. uh, make sure you're, you're really clear about what you're, um, Unique selling proposition is what's the what's the value that you're promising to a potential customer, right? Uh, and and the benefit and and how would you deliver that? Um, who's your target market in particular? Make sure you understand what they struggle with.
2: Right. Ask
1: ask them. Too many businesses don't ask their target market what they struggle with. Right. If they you, make if, assumptions.
2: and they're right. Quite you, often wrong.
1: And it's not. So, it's really easy to ask them, and particularly in today's world with um, you know all the online tools. Yeah. Um, and think about how you would solve their most pressing problems. Think about what, you know, ask them what, Keeps them awake at night mm-hmm. and think about value, not price. Because if you think about price, you're going to lose. In today's world, every business is in competition with businesses all over the world. We're a global global economy. I don't care what it is you sell, unless it's something that is an in-person experience. Mm-hmm. Chances are you're in competition with somebody somewhere else. And the first thing people do is they go online to look up what others offer. Right. So so make sure you're thinking about value. Um, have a really clear uh, strategy and plan to market and to sell. Understand your business model. How do you solve your customers' problems, and how how can you actually make money solving their problems? Mm-hmm. Don't don't undersell yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many small businesses undersell. Um, think about customer fulfillment. How do you make sure that you are really delivering above and beyond what you've promised? Uh, so make sure you under promise and over deliver. Get feedback from your customers. Understand what the key performance indicators are for your business. Um, So some of them are financial. You know, understand how you can understand whether you're profitable or not. But also there are other key performance indicators, particularly around how you get business. Make sure you track your marketing, track your sales. Mm -hmm. Um, See what works. You can't change what you don't measure. Right, exactly, exactly. And then lastly, the most important one, and this is where the the crux of um, the work that we do, falls into it which is leadership and management right so leadership is the people who are in the leadership roles need to create a big vision which is what where we started and inspire others so others will then uh, pursue activities that will help to fulfill that vision Mm -hmm. and then and it's different from management management is all about repeatability how do you get it done, making sure that there are systems, processes, and and the people know how to scale things.
2: Right. The bigger picture. They're looking at the big picture.
1: Right. Management is all about doing things the same way over and over and over again. And leadership is about um, promoting changes that will create greater success. And then speaking of success, the, the, the next step is understand what success is to you. If you're the business owner, how do you define success? Um,
2: that's a really that's a really good point, because success is one of those terms that everyone says it. You know, successfully do this, or you're successful, or I wasn't successful. But but there's there's not a real definition to success. When you think well, about it's, it,
1: well, it's very individual, right? You know, success exactly. Success for me may be, well, um, I'm going to spend most of the summer playing golf. Right and success for somebody else might be i'm going to double my sales right over the next year right so you got to understand what success looks like to you particularly if you're a small business you're a business owner then you look at what's working what needs to change and and here's the most important thing create an achievable action plan to change what needs to change and work on one item at a time uh. don't don't try to change everything that you think is wrong in your company You can't. I don't care how big your company is or how small your company is. We don't have the the wherewithal, especially when we're dealing with complex issues, especially when we're dealing with issues involving people. It's really hard to do. Right. So so pick one. Pick one and think about what are the small steps you need to take and what are the small wins that each step will achieve.
2: That's a really good point. You know what? I want want you to hold through a break because I do have – Another question about that and another sure. question for you. But I want to take a quick break so that people can uh, get off the treadmill <laughs> and get their water bottle and get in the car and finish listening to this, okay? Okay. David Schreiner-Kahn, you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with David, my guest today, and we will so be back in just you a minute. Right now. Uh-
1: Act Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain
0: more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner
1: warrior. We'll be right back.
2: Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing, so she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business, but after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference, and she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there, when suddenly she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy she just had to see for herself iKaelin.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right.
0: So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local. Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey
2: now. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to ACT Local, Marketing for Small Business, with my special guest today, David Schreiner-Kahn. He is the president of Tend Strategic Partners. He also happens to be the host of a business podcast of his own called Smashing the Plateau. And he has been identifying for us, oh my goodness, a, a myriad of the types of roadblocks that small businesses find themselves obstructed by in terms of growing that business, you know, achieving the, the kind of business growth that they want. And we were just starting to get into a little bit of a conversation about success. And David was saying, it's really important to define what success means to you and to your you personally and to that small business that you're part of. Because finding that definition, I would imagine, takes away a lot of headache and heartache, in in the long run, and then he was just beginning to tell us how to go about maybe fixing some of these problems because that was my my question for you, David. You know, when you are standing in the forest, you 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 know you can just see the trees around you. You can't see the whole forest, right? That that old uh, metaphor. So there is no way that that I, as a business owner, can really see. All of the problems that my business has, and even if I could identify a lot of the problems, it's going to be overwhelming uh, to think about trying to fix them all. So, first of all, can business owners fix these problems themselves? Should they be trying to fix them themselves, or is there some sort of happy medium?
1: I would say it depends on what on what the problem is, and it depends on the capability of your resources. Okay. Right, so you need to do kind of a resource audit um, around the problem. So let's say, as an example, let's say, let's say you pick the example that I just mentioned, which is I want to spend the summer playing golf, right. right? In order to do that, obviously, whatever I currently have been spending my summers doing, somebody else has to do if this business is going to be successful, mm-hmm. right? So you need to be able, be able to identify what are those activities that I should be delegating to somebody else. Okay right then that's that's step one step two is okay so who who is the somebody else or maybe it's multiple somebody else's who who needs to do that and and then how do i communicate what they need to do and how do i make sure they have the tools to be successful
2: right train them or, or whatever they need right
1: right and then the last step is we know what we know, and we know what we don't know. It's what we don't know that we don't know.
2: <laughs> That's going to get us every time.
1: Every time. Yeah. So, Right? So.
2: Wait, I want to think about that again. I know what I know. Wait, say it again.
1: I. You know what you know. You know what you don't know. Right. But you don't know what you don't what know. What you don't
2: know. Okay. And the,
1: and, the, and the third one is what is going to be the biggest problem. So so as an example, if um, – If I want to delegate something um, and I know what the task is and I know what the person I'm delegating this to might need to learn to be able to fulfill the task, um, but then during the course of the summer when I'm playing golf, a a customer comes with a new problem that the company's never seen before,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right? And this person I've delegated this this project to doesn't doesn't have, has never seen it and doesn't have the experience to solve it. The person has to figure out how to solve it. Mm-hmm. And the person's going to need to make some decisions that will incur some risk. Right. Right? So, how much risk is that person going to take and how is the business owner, how will I feel if the risk turns into something that we might consider a failure.
2: Right. Oh, those are big questions.
1: Yeah, right. So generally business owners, if you if you ask them, they'll talk about their failures. and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I had this business. It went bankrupt. But then I started another one in a new market because I learned from the first experience and I did so much better the second time. Okay, well, how will you feel if your number two causes your business to go bankrupt?
2: Mm-hmm not not very happy i'll tell right? you that right right
1: but if you don't support your people to take calculated risks your company's not going to grow yeah yeah you they they can't keep coming back to you with every question
2: right. you'll
1: be inundated there are only so many questions you can answer in a day
2: and the, these are these are really important leadership
1: issues they're very important issues. And I don't care whether you're a one person company or, or you have thousands of employees, every leader is faced with the same issues.
2: Right, right. Right? So interesting.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so, so going back to you know, like, how do, you, how do you implement some kind of action plan mm-hmm. that's achievable? Um, you need to know what it is you are trying to do, how you're gonna do it. You need to know who is leading the effort and who's responsible for various tasks? Um, going back to the definition of success, it's really important to measure the result of the action in relation to what you defined as success, mm-hmm. right? So if you if if success is I want to be playing golf, then your metric has to be tied with your ability to play golf,
2: right? Right, it's, without it's, right. the whole world blowing up while you're without
1: the whole world blowing up. Right, and then and then you have to have a, a structure with set times to look at those measurements, learn from the results, and improve for the next step. So the next step gets better. Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah, you,
2: you can always course correct. You don't. You, you know, don't have to be a straight line from here to there.
1: Business is not. A, it's yeah. never a straight line. It's not linear. It's it's an iterative process.
2: Right. Right. That I could talk to you all day about this yeah this is I mean, fascinating that you know the philosophy uh, of the whole thing you're so passionate about it I mean how how did you how did you fall into this or or maybe you planned I don't know maybe you planned it from from the womb you were gonna help people smash the plateau but you're so passionate about it how did you end up doing this
1: um actually I started my business in 2006 after uh, a couple of decades in leadership roles. And uh, earlier in my career, I was an engineer mm-hmm. and worked in the corporate world. Um, but from my experience in particular as uh, in leadership and management, I would hire a lot of outside people, uh, particularly consultants, to solve problems that involved changes we were trying to make. And when I started my business, which was initially was was primarily a sort of a traditional consulting model, mm-hmm. I found that my clients were not making the changes that... I was suggesting that they make
2: right. Right.
1: And, um, that's
2: not unusual by the way.
1: Right. It's not, it's not at all unusual. And I felt bad that, that they were paying my company for this advice and they weren't really getting, in my opinion, weren't really getting great value because oh. they weren't doing what they should have done.
2: Yeah. They weren't implementing.
1: So I started helping them to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, Business model began to shift from one of primarily advice giving to one that's primarily implementation. Okay. So if you look at you look at the kinds of problems that businesses face, the ones that that need to change where they need outside help are the really difficult ones, the challenging ones, particularly the ones that involve people and decision making. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you move those forward um, with some some outside guidance, it helps to have somebody who's who's outside the organization because they're not emotionally tied to the outcome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they're able to do it, to facilitate it in a much more dispassionate um, way than, than somebody inside the organization.
2: Right.
1: So having somebody outside doing that um, is one piece. The other piece is there are activities that the people inside the organization don't have to do themselves; others can do them. Okay. And it's helpful to have somebody from the outside do some of these that are that are difficult,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, um, you know, sometimes issue one of the areas that we often get involved with is um, leadership is having difficulty with. Um, with employees or with managers um, around the way people are working, the way people are behaving. Mm -hmm. And it's helpful to have somebody from the outside work with the employees and the managers to understand why they're behaving in the way they're behaving and feed the information back to leadership and management in a way that doesn't compromise confidentiality of what you've learned. Right. And then work with both sides to begin to foster the kind of culture that the leadership says they want.
2: This is all about communication again.
1: It's all about communication. It's all about communication, but it's, um, you know, sometimes it, it may be as um, as basic as having somebody from outside the organization help run staff meetings. Right. All right, help create the agenda, either coach the person who's leading the meeting or actually run the meeting, the outside person might actually be the chair of the meeting and then make sure that everybody knows what the follow-up is and just check in with people to make sure they're following up, that they have the tools and the resources they need to follow up, etc.
2: Right.
1: Right? It's not complicated. but yeah, it's not rocket
2: f- science. would make somebody, it sound so easy.
1: Right, but somebody from outside the organization can often be more effective in getting these kinds of things done because everybody inside, the reason they're not doing it is because they're already stressed out with the workload that they have.
2: Right. And there's personality things and, going on. It, and,
1: exactly. The personality yeah. gets in the way. So somebody outside can can kind of overcome the personality stuff and deal with it. And um, it's like when you have um you have a CEO who's been in in place for a long time. Like let's say you have a CEO who's been in for twenty years. Right. And there's a planned exit. Mm-hmm. Um, often you're better off getting an interim for a year.
2: Oh, interesting. Oh.
1: Right, because because
2: you know, I've I worked at a company in, where that was happening. Two principals were buying out the owner, you know, as part of the exit plan. But there was a lot of headbutting because things were not, you know, he was keeping his fingers involved in what was going on and trying to continue to make decisions when he probably shouldn't have been anymore. But he couldn't let go, and that would have been a great idea to have an interim come in.
1: Yeah, it's really helpful, and the interim knows he or she isn't going to stay. Right? Um, can can say what needs to be said in in a pretty blunt way, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, well, if if the exiting CEO who's like still on as a consultant is valued for his knowledge, um, the interim CEO can can call him on it and say, "Give us your knowledge." But don't meddle in leadership and management. Yes, we we need to move on and and get get the team accustomed to having a new person in charge.
2: Right, right.
1: right? Whereas a new CEO may feel threatened and won't say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it gives it gives people a chance to like a cooling off period, and then they can go and and hire a permanent CEO right. after after a year or maybe two years.
2: Right. Oh, you, and you you just made it sound so simple, but see, nobody thought Not, of that.
1: Yeah, but. This, this stuff is not simple.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, now, now I get it. Now I understand why uh, why companies need you in order to smash the plateau, David.
1: Well, thank you, Kayla.
2: <laughs> and they should be listening to your podcast, too, because I'm sure you you uh, bring in leaders to talk about all kinds of uh, aspects of what's going on in, in small businesses so that they can overcome some of these obstacles.
1: Yeah, you know, you were talking earlier about family businesses. I had a guest on, uh, Mark Matthews, who's a third-generation business owner, mm-hmm. and the statistics are that 13% of third-generation businesses succeed.
2: What? What's the percentage? 13. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, but their their business is a local business here in New York. It's a manufacturing business. There's almost no manufacturing going on in right, New York, right. right? So, third business, manufacturing, where they're com- there's so much competition for what it is they sell, and they've done a marvelous job, That's marvelous good. job. And That's they, they good. yeah, it's a really interesting episode. So, yeah, so um, I would encourage your listeners to um, to check us out. There's yeah, some really yeah. Interesting, tell people
2: interesting where they people. where they can find the podcast and, w- and uh, where they can find you
1: uh smashing the is is where you can find the podcast it's also on itunes and stitcher you can just go and search for smashing the plateau and you'll find it um and they can find me if they if they go to smashing the plateau.com just click on the home button on the website and they'll go to our website which is 10 strategic they can also um connect with me on on linkedin and um Follow me on Twitter. It's at TENDSP, T-E-N-D-S-P, uh, or call our office, 212-731-0770.
2: Excellent. And for everyone listening, as you know, the these links will be in the show notes, you know, of this podcast there on the website, actlocalmarketing.com. So you can always search up Smashing the Plateau if you're looking for this particular episode, and we'll have a lot of these links uh, to smashingtheplateau.com so that you can find the podcast and to 10 Strategic Partners, which is the the company that David is president of, where they do this kind of work that we've been talking about today. And of course, like he mentioned, you can always get them at 212-731-0770. David schreiner Khan, it has been a delight speaking to you today.
1: Kaylin, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on ACT Local Marketing for Small Business.
2: You are quite welcome. And I have learned so much. And those of you out there, I'm hoping that you learned just as much as, as I did today. These were wonderful golden nuggets. You know, how I always talk about wanting to extract all the golden nuggets from my guests. And David, what? how did you put it? You, you over-delivered. You never under-promised me, but you definitely over-delivered. For my guests, and I really appreciate that. And you Thank out you, there, you're welcome. You've been listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business Podcast, which, you of course, you know you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, and at the website, actlocalmarketing.com. And until next time, you know, every Tuesday, 1 p.m., we release a new episode. Between now and then, I would very much like you to take care.
0: Join Kalen for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.